0: Hey, welcome to the show tonight. It's Monday. Monday again. Monday of a three-day three, three day week for California Haunts Radio. Welcome, everybody. Glad to have you here. And I've got a great show lined up. <clears throat> again, I was um, thinking about what to do with this show tonight over the weekend. And I thought, you know what? We did that great show on Wednesday where you guys had a lot of questions about what we did, what California Haunts team does in, in the field as a team. And uh, it seemed to go over pretty well. And I, there were other questions. Uh where you were wondering about our psychic team, excuse me, our psychics and mediums that work with us, and I thought I would bring one of them on to talk with you guys, to tell you about what about what they do, because she can explain it a lot better than I can, and to give you a little introduction to Stephanie Page Bell, since she has been with me for a long time, a long time, and she actually helped me, along with Trish Dolis actually helped me put together the protocols that... This team follows when we're out in the, when we're out working with with resi- residential clients, so um, sit back and relax and enjoy the show tonight. We are the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team, www.californiahaunts.org, and this is California Haunts Radio at Haunts radio.com. I keep forgetting what's what because the two are so close. Um, again we are 40 strong up and down the state of california we've got people in nevada oregon washington and a couple people up and out in hawaii so uh, if you ever need paranormal help look us up and uh we'll, we'll we'll get out there to help you help you out in the meantime let's get the show on the road with stephanie and let me call her up hello oh hi
1: i'm trying it says get good lighting so you look your best i'm like whatever. I just I just came in from getting my mom settled in from the hospital, so I just rushed in and I was lucky enough to get on in, in no time at all. So how are you, darling? I'm
0: good, I'm good, I'm good today. Spent the day on the phone talking to a potential client which I'm gonna call you about after the show. Nice. And uh, yeah, just doing the yard work and all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. It's good to see you. Good to see you. It's been a while, huh? Yeah. You guys got to remember with COVID, we haven't been doing a lot. You know, we've just been kind of in and taking emergency cases involving children and stuff like that and kind of sticking to ourselves. And it looks like with the Delta variant, we're going to keep doing that for a while (laughs) as long as things, you know, until things settle down.
1: Yeah. I've been, and I've been working on zoom a lot with people, so
0: it, it kind of helps to connect that way. Why don't you tell them about yourself and what, you know, what, what a medium like you does an evidential medium. Yeah.
1: okay, so evidential mediumship um, requires a certain kind of mentoring and training that um, helps us to sort of narrow down what I would call uh, yeah evident, evidential accuracy. and I liked it because um, I worked as an intuitive, and a healer with, with kind of a medical background. So working with people that had either um, physical problems or um, um, like stress-related trauma, those kinds of things. And so I was always very interested in developing my intuition for those purposes. And that's going back 35 years. And so um, I was approached by a pretty well-known um medium especially on the east coast and she happens to be related to me who said you need to do this you need to do this training and she was kind enough to to mentor me and help me through in um kind of in the spiritualist tradition so you know and and there's some uh yeah it, it took me about four years to get through that mentorship and i appreciated it because it sort of followed along with protocols that i would Say are similar to, um, gosh, where where the where the criteria ends up speaking for itself because I really wanted to be objective about what it is I what it was I was perceiving mm-hmm. because as mediums or psychics, uh, people that have that capacity I think everybody does but I think anyone that that feels they're getting messages or intuitive messages there's always a tendency to doubt oneself and this was a way for me to be methodically trained um, to trusting myself but also being completely objective for instance if I go into a location there are protocols that I follow that I I, Charlotte and I work together to hopefully bring to a team um, and and it's the same as the scientific methodology that you would follow for anything that you're trying to make a hypothesis about, right? So I, I hope to bring that into an investigation, but also to my own personal methodology of working
0: what when you talk about your abilities I, I was telling everybody how you know we we have psychics on the team or mediums on the team that have different types of abilities what 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 type of ability do you have do you see things do you you know
1: um
0: i i would say that i'm more of
1: a mental medium i and and as my evidential mediumship you know training and mentorship evolved i developed more uh, of kind of like a clairvoyance where I do see things. I I do see things and take note of things around me, but there are those mediums that have um, like vision, a vision of um, um, an apparition or a disembodied spirit of whatever type. um, and, And they have them as a fully formed you know, solid being, and that's not what I usually experience, although I have had experiences like that when I was young, Mm -hmm. and, and, um, but, but one of the things that I do is I utilize the, the mental mediumship, so I hear words, and I get colors, and I, so it's kind of a good clairsentience, I guess you would call it, but um, the, the evidential mediumships, Specifically focuses on bringing evidence of continued consciousness after death. And so we're really communicating with um, someone's uh, passed away loved ones mm-hmm. and, and really working as mediators between those beings that are no longer the human beings that are no longer in body um, And and serving as a go-between to bring messages back and forth. But before I can do that, I I give information about the way they passed. I give information about uh, the family or just whatever comes. And sometimes I get a great connection and sometimes I don't. But to be able to work as an evidential medium, you have to kind of have a certain percentage of accuracy. And so bringing that into the paranormal realm, it's very much the same. And so I, um, whatever impressions I get before, when I do an opening, when I'm before I get to the location, mm-hmm. I write, write all that down. And the reason it's important to write it down, and also I often work with an apprentice or um, somebody, um, e- even my ex husband is very intuitive, and I've worked with him. And I say, hey, you write everything down, and I'll write everything down. And don't show me and that was one of the things that I hope to bring to the team is that I think everybody has capacities but it, I, I've been on teams before where people are talking to each other about oh I'm seeing this and I'm feeling that and and the um, the, the, the occupants of, of the house are there and I, that's a big no-no to me in terms of ethical responsibility so I'm utilizing those same kinds of checks and balances going in cold as cold as I can to a place, um, and then weighing it against other information. So let's say, for instance, you, Shar, as somebody who brings the case into, onto the team, you're the one who takes in all the information. And so I don't like knowing any of that, as you know. I like to just, as much as I can, go in cold and mm-hmm. not be influenced. So, so that's kind of how I work. I get colors, sounds, names, letters, all of the things that you sometimes see in mental medium. And I don't like to say that I'm only a mental medium because I do get bodily sensation, kinesthetic um, input, that kind of data. So oh. I, I just and I work as a detective. Okay. It, that's that's kind of how I put it together because it doesn't all come at once sometimes, right? Right. And I hope to you know have the support of wh- whoever I'm working with over the course of a case, um, to keep me in the dark as much as I can, but also give me the encouragement to say, yep, just keep going or whatever, but to try to be really objective.
0: Well, what helps too, guys, when we're out in the field like that, um, I, I kind of skimmed on this last, last week, was that you see this stuff on TV where they're sitting there on the bed or whatever, and there's you know this whole are you a man or a woman thing and all this. That's a waste of time. I mean, you're there. You've got so many hours to work with the client. You got to start getting, you know, getting things in line and going. And that's where a, a medium comes in to help because she can tell you that Stephanie can tell us if it's a male or female that we're talking to, which makes it a hell of a lot easier. Just like if it's a kid, if it's somebody from the 1800s, you're certainly not going to put a cell phone in front of them and say here, you know what this is blah 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 you're not going to do that you're going to want to have a trigger object from that time period so that it gets their attention I've seen a lot of teams fumble that way out in the field and it's just it's just not it's not good not good and that's that's where people you know, mediums like Stephanie come in
1: so so sometimes what I'm doing is um, I'm if, if we're getting this far down the line and, and I might give you some information I always try to also hold that back. From large portions of the team and maybe just work with one or two people and see what other people are getting for right. corroboration. I really like that. I like that um, the, the objectivity that it sort of creates. Uh, um, and then putting the work together to bring it back to the client, but also I'm communicating with this entity because sometimes they are holding themselves back. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're not showing everything to me. They're not giving me everything. So I, I'm also working as um kind of a as a mediator, a, a okay. counselor, because usually there's some trauma imprints. Um, not always, but if it's a an active location, that's sort of what I found. I'm getting great Ooh, thunder. You're getting you thunder. It.
0: That's awesome. I yeah. I'm jealous we're getting thunder well also along that line too, you know the 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 deceased person may not there may be something about your personality that that they don't like you know no I don't mean you but I'm just saying there may be somebody else on the team that that they feel more relaxed with so when when somebody else is getting impressions and that's why we have the team while they're walking around they're taking notes it doesn't matter who it is. They're taking notes if, they're, if you're getting any feelings or anything. Because then we sit down at the end of the day and we look at all these notes and we compare everything to see what Stephanie got and what, and yeah. what they got.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's helpful. I think that it, it creates an egalitarian situation. And I've just seen so many um, crapshoots where mm-hmm. everybody's a psychic on a team. Yeah, And, yeah. and I have a, just a lot of respect for consciousness and the way the mind works. So I think that we can apply the same kinds of protocols that we're seeing building in the field around objectivity to um, how our minds, our consciousness, our soul impressions work. I think that we can do the same thing there.
0: Well, again, like you say... As far as you know, the team making comments during the investigation—that—that—that thats that bad for the client. So one of the policies we try to follow doesn't always work because you get, you get sorry—you get some wild stallions that want to do their own thing. You know, you know how it is. But uh, one of the policies we, we like to follow is that if you do get a feeling or a sensation, do not say anything, and again, jot it down, write, write it down or market, you know, go quietly in the other room if you're carrying a digital voice recorder and, yeah. and just talk to the voice recorder and say what you felt and what time.
1: Because we're responsible also to the people that we're trying to help to calm the situation because um I I found just over the course of time that there are a lot of these Synchronicities or resonances with the human beings that are on site. There might be similarities. That's why this entity is able to really come through. Whether it's um, a trauma imprint with the living occupant, or th- there's just some simpatico happening sometimes. And so that's often what I'm trying for is to to um, to heal something. And I've found a lot of times that when we bring in people and we're frightening the, the homeowner or the, 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 the place that has called us in, we're, we're freaking them out. It's not doing us any good and it's not doing the, the, um, the discarnate entity. Because um, I've worked with non-human energies Sometimes thought forms, sometimes land based um, phenomenon or beings. So we want to create a a calm environment. And so that's where I try to, yeah, mediate that. And and that's why I bring that into the team because we might have some really solid intuitives or psychics, but we've got to kind of be cohesive and calm things down for the folks. And there's also a lot of, um, like I said, there's, there can be a lot of trauma just created from the activity and the haunting itself, whether it's brand new to the people, Mm -hmm. or, um, or somebody's had these experiences all their life. And so that's what I'm trying to do is rein that in to something that people can digest.
0: And as I said on Wednesday, sometimes when, when, when I'm asking, using the questionnaire, because we have an extensive questionnaire that we use, sometimes they don't always tell us the truth either about what's been going on in the house. Stephanie is really good at making people relax enough that she gets the information out that I don't.
1: Yeah. And that's where that um, that kind of serving in a, in a spiritual counselor role is helpful because there's probably I, I just let people know there's there's nothing I haven't seen when it comes to human behavior and the human Whoops, condition. I think nothing. that's on
0: my end. Just wow. Hang oh, on, guys. I'm I don't know if you can hear me. Here. Hang on. OK, I'm back. Are you back? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, We lost the cameras for a couple of minutes there. Yeah. So I think that just putting
1: people at ease and bringing the um, the uh, temperature down is really important. For for any situation. Um, and and then we get to we can find a solution, we can come to a uh problem solution based kind of formula going forward. I mean that's my goal. I'm I'm of course very interested in having my own um questions answered, and I think for a team, this is one of the things that I often ask a team or even um uh People that own a site, a historic site or a um, or a house, what are their objectives like, and, and what are their beliefs about this realm? Because I don't want to go into, I don't want to support confirmation bias on the part of anybody who's involved in solving a problem. We've, we've got to, again, be objective. Even though I'm out there in the cosmos doing this work, I still have to stay grounded and objective when it comes to people who are charged emotionally, frightened, or been traumatized, whether they're living or
0: non-living. I don't remember if you worked on this case, but the one that sticks out in my head is the um, lady that was the Jehovah Witness.
1: Sounds familiar, but you'd have to go further.
0: The one out in North Highlands that that we did, and remember she had stuff – Ah, uh, there there's been there been a, a murder at her house, I think, and she was trying to wrap her head around it because they don't believe in that stuff, right. I do remember this. Yeah. what do you do in a case like that?
1: Well, again, we're I mean, I, I would serve as a as a mediator of of information, like heeding new information to a person that whose beliefs, are so solidly based. I, I mean, at some point, there's nothing you can do, and I can say that to a person with certainty. Like, I mean, if you think you have a paranormal problem, then a paranormal solution might be helpful. I mean, they believe in um, Jehovah. They believe in God. That's a that's a non living entity. I mean, that's where <laughs> that's the path I'd go down, and just talking about it. And and I'm the first person to say I don't know everything that there is to mm-hmm. you know. None of us do, and so. I mean, that's how I might handle something like that. But, I mean, how did we get there in the first place? There's a problem, right? Right. So there's got to be some – there's got to be – my job would be to find a link between how did we get here, you know? Like, if you don't believe this is happening, then what are we doing here? How can I help? What can I do? I mean, there might be something else we can do, right? Right.
0: Right. We might be able
1: to find some – in between solution if somebody is not interested in evidence
0: because that's
1: sometimes the case everybody I mean gosh people love evidence and I don't really call it evidence what would I call it I would call it data or um gosh I, I, I guess I'd call it just information or data because to me there's enough um information a lot of times to go with what the easiest solution is. I mean, to me, a lot of times the easiest solution is whatever's happening in the physical realm. We, we eliminate all that, right, mm-hmm. with our questionnaire and um, with just uh, serving as a counselor to somebody, asking a lot of questions, being compassionate, being objective. Um, And then the next thing, if they've got a lot of inexplicable activity, we got to deal with that and look at, what's happening and so gathering for us the data if it doesn't fit neatly into a physical box then we go to the next thing which is the the spiritual detective work and using our equipment um our our technical equipment to and and what we're doing out there we're we're we're, for the most part we're measuring the electromagnetic spectrum with different tools that's all we're Mm -hmm. really doing and we're seeing how much we can collab- collaboratively bring that data together. And I'm just one little piece if I'm working as a psychic medium in that picture.
0: Well, this is why I told everybody, I said, you know, it's not like it is on TV. It's, it's not it's, so, it's not a yeah, game all the- to go out. There's a lot of groups that are just going out to say a house is haunted and you can't do that if you're going to go out and do something and do a, and do residentials where families are in the house. They're scared, you know. They got stuff going on. Your job is to be a detective yeah. and figure out just what the hell's going on. That's your job. And if you get a group out there, that does yeah. and even if we yeah, even if we go ahead yeah, even if we find that there's very little
1: in the way of what we would call um, anomalous activity, we can still be helpful and have resources and refer. And that's, that's a sensitive thing. You know, it is. And, and my hope is to treat people really compassionately with respect for um yeah, whatever, whatever they're dealing with. And I think that, yeah, getting to the bottom of what's really happening is important. Like I've been on, on investigations where how do you bring to someone that they're an agent of Psyche um, like, um, activity. How do you bring that there? How do you? I mean, I think that most of the time when people call us in, they're they're somewhat burst. Otherwise, they would never even think of us as a solution, would they? Mm. But but still, that's another level entirely. So uh, I have to be, I think, respectful and careful.
0: Well, you know, the TV shows have kind of made have made things a lot harder for what we do too, because everybody's a paranormal investigator. You know, everybody that thinks they have activity in their house has a digital voice recorder and they're recording it or they'll set up cameras in their house. And then when they realize there's something actually there, that's when they call us because they don't know, they don't know what to do with it. They have the tools to look for it, but they don't know what to do afterwards. And so a lot of the time the calls that I get, it's always, like I said, on Wednesday, it's always a demon and it's not always a demon. You know, it's not, it's not always what it is. And then you'd have to take the time to convince people that that it's not demonic.
1: Yeah. And that takes, I mean, it takes picking through methodically all of the evidence and using all of our intuitive capacities. So, and our objectivity, both, you know, and, and I, One of the things that I like is getting historical evidence as well, having somebody on the team that um, that's always been very helpful to me Um, at the end, as we're analyzing what's actually, what I've gotten, what people have gotten through um, ITC or um, response through measuring whatever kind of electromagnetic phenomenon, whatever tools you like to use. There's so many now. And putting it all together, these yeses and nos on either side and trying to narrow it down. And I think that a lot of times, the not a lot of times, but many times when I've been on a case, the, the, the occupants or the owners of a property have a portion to play in this storm of how it all has lit up. Because you can go into a place that has never had any activity Now I might get imprints and I might get stuff going all the way back to like really ancient times. Like, you know, everybody thinks it's a Native American burial ground. Well, I've been to those places and sometimes that is where it began. But people have been on a property after difficult events or land based elemental Mm -hmm. forces and nothing's happened for them. So I like it when um, we have a good historian. And I've only worked on a couple of teams that have solidly good historians that are dedicated. Because let's face it, this is a labor of love. It takes a lot of dedication to actually do the work. And, And I don't think I would ever call anybody really lazy on paranormal teams. I'm just saying it takes a lot of resource, your own personal time your dedication to being ethical, your your dedication to developing your, your skills, and to learning the technology, to understanding what kinds of tools you're using to put a picture together of a, of a mm-hmm. hunting or of anomalous activity somewhere.
0: I think a good example of the dedication is that usually around the first of the year, you'll see a bunch of teams crop up online. In your area, I mean, you know, I'm talking like 15, 20 teams. By the end of the year, there might be five or six teams left. Yeah. Because they go in thinking it's going to be like it is on TV, and then they realize how much dedication and work it is.
1: It's so much work. And one of my least favorite things to do, which I've had to do a bunch of times, is go over evidence or data on a screen or audio. It's not my favorite thing to do, but one of the things that I've always advocated for the teams that I've worked with. And I've worked as a free agent a lot of times with a bunch of different teams. And I remember in the beginning, you know, like 20 years ago, 15 years ago, people would be very competitive about, you can't be on this team and be on this Mm -hmm. team. And I'm just like, look, I just do what I do. And I'm seeing more of that, this like lightening up with Mm -hmm. those of us that come in to to open up and give a reading. Um, Take it or leave it, it's okay. But when I would work on teams where there was lots and lots of review of the information, that is freaking dedication. I will tell you that right now. And I've done it. I've done it. But it's not my favorite. Oh, so a lot of times I've said to teams, hey, there has to be a review team. It can't just be the team leader or one other person that's only tech and that's all they do. You got to help each other. For these it teams get, to survive. It can
0: get insane. I mean, we can use up to nine cameras per investigation. And if we're there, say, five hours on the investigation, that's 45 right. hours of review.
1: Yeah. So people have to be really dedicated and willing to work together, support each other on a team. That that has always been, um, yeah, what I've advocated. I, I haven't always been able to go through the review, and I'm just really honest about what I can offer and what I can't offer. Um but as I said, you know, people really need to work together and get their predisposed ideas out of the way way about what it really means to work on a team and what it what it means when you come to a place to take in the objective information. Like I like to not I don't say I'm skeptical and I don't say that I'm doubtful. Mm -hmm. Um I, I like to stay in a place of kind of equanimity, right in the middle like I just don't know. I just don't know. That's what I can say when I go into a place and even after I leave I don't know. I will let the information as it is brought together speak for itself and then come up with what I think is a solution with the rest of the team.
0: And then even if we've like if I'm watching the video afterwards and I see something on the screen, I'll take a I'll take a screenshot or a copy of it. I might send it to Stephanie or I might send it to a couple other people on the team to get their opinion to see what they think. It's not only going to be, "Hey, I think that I think this is paranormal." It doesn't work that way. It goes right. through full review before we, before re- we release it as any kind of evidence. And right. then after the investigation's over, I sign the paperwork cuz we give the client paperwork and go yeah. over it with them, and then who, whoever the medium on duty for that investigation also looks it over and signs the paperwork.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that is is what it takes as a cooperative effort. Any human endeavor to me that is worthwhile. Um, yeah, people work together and they keep their their hardcore opinions in check until everything's brought together. Absolutely. Now yeah.
0: we we did a case, and I'm not going to say we're going to see Northern California. I'm not going to mention names on these things. Okay. But the young lady uh, that was living, in, anyway, I think it was in a condo or an apartment. The young lady that was living in this apartment, um, and you were able to sort this out because when I went out in the initial prelim, she lied to me. <laughs> yeah. um, she had these, these these pictures, if you remember these remember? prints. Yeah. Yeah. And she would That's- see things on the prints, oh, okay. things coming up behind the prints and whatnot. How did you get the information out of her to find out, that, you know? Tell people there were some other
1: issues. I don't know. I just think that I spent some time talking with her and not, I wouldn't say challenging the ideas, but at least just, I I think I just spent some time talking with her. And as I said before, I really like people to know that there is nothing in, in the spectrum of Humanity that I have not seen, or or much of much of my sensitivity toward other people comes from my own path, my own traumatic experiences, or the traumatic experiences of people that I love. So I really do have a lot of like compassion, and I try to be open to talk about anything. I mean, sometimes you know whether there's um, like a mental balance issue. Um, if there's um, substance, misuse issues, um, a background of trauma in somebody's past, it's easy for me to talk about. So people, I think, um, once they know that there's nothing off the table, I think they're willing to talk about it because I can, I can talk freely from my own experience or those that I, I love or, or patients that I've worked with in my private practice. And so nobody's totally unique in their trauma that, 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 uh, you know, that they're alone. I want them to know that. So I think that that is how that information came up. I think there were some substance self-medicating and, and trauma background and, and, uh, mental wellness issues is that the one we're talking about yeah
0: that's the one yeah
1: yeah and we just spent some time chatting because you know this is a human being who's who's suffering i mean whether it is and i think that suffering does open us up to forces this is you know putting myself out there but this is what i do it opens us to forces that are uh, destructive sometimes Mm -hmm. That I've that's what I found in in my um, integrated healing practice that I've discovered that Those energies kind of tend to attract
0: And you ended up referring her over to some places right because that's something we do too is we'll 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 give referrals
1: Yeah, yeah for sure if there's something that's out of my wheelhouse and that happens a lot Um, I have a very diverse background, but I only kind of specialize in like two very small areas. And um and because I've been doing this a long time, I know a lot of folks in um the mental wellness field. I know a lot of folks in um and, and I just like to, to qualify that all is trauma based. Mm-hmm. It is almost always some very hint of trauma where somebody is struggling with their mental balance i know that there are chemical influences that you know when we talk about organic brain uh, stuff that is diagnosable in the dsm or whatever but more often than not somebody's carrying something difficult and it doesn't have to be like the most horrific abuse you've ever heard of it can be just ongoing uh everyday life that can wear someone's resilience down you know so i think just talking about it that's the the long answer
0: (laughs) that's why i told you guys when when i go out and do the prelim and even the initial phone interview i'm listening to what the people are saying and how they say it and then when i get out and take a look around at the prelim i can pretty well tell who i'm going to send out as far as my mediums go on these cases because you you can tell you know I mean, I I interview people for a living, and I you know and I watch body language and all that, so I can tell if it if it's something that that we can normally handle or if I have to bring what I call the specialist out, which would be Stephanie. Stephanie's my specialist, and so I you know then I'll get done with the interview, we'll do the whole thing, and I'll call Stephanie and go, look, you know, I have this person here, and I I think you you, you can help them more so than anybody else on this team, and that's what I was telling you guys that. You know, I have certain people that I will send out on different types of cases, and Stephanie Stephanie is is my go to specialist.
1: Well, that's nice of you to say. Um, I like to bring a little bit of everything, but when it comes to relating to human beings and making a a resolve to something that is really complicated or disturbing, I I also think that the that the resolution of of a situation takes care as well because there are people that with the best of intentions go in and do a clearing or a blessing. And it, it it's not as easy as a one-time shot. I will tell you that. It's sometimes very methodical. I've, I've had to bring in other mediums or other energy workers with me to sort out the layers of the issues and and maybe refer people out to get some, some kind of um, mental health support Mm -hmm. because like I said, the, the, the the, um, activity can be traumatizing and it can re trigger old um, fight or flight kinds of patterns in in the occupants of the house or the people that own the business. So all of those things help to resolve, you know, I have to bring in, Sometimes it'll be a Catholic priest or another time it'll be um, like a, a mighty elder like, it, 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 or or a psychotherapist or whatever the, the case needs. Because those discarnate entities need work and so do the people in the location. They need work and support.
0: We had that case out in Citrus Heights that we did with that, that young couple that had the baby. Remember that one? And he, he had he, he had car parts or whatever it was from his what was it his father or his uncle, and not right and i took
1: that. i took my i took my apprentice
0: out with me that yes. one yes that, that one was wild, wild. and you that know actually double, that one, that, that, yeah. that was a double like like you're talking about where we had an entity plus the plus the people had their own issues
1: right right and and they were like perfectly high functioning individuals, but nonetheless. There was a lot of um, there were a lot of transitions happening in their life, so that can open you up when there's a lot of change and um, yeah yeah I mean like just having a new baby that is huge you've got all the hormonal changes um, and, and and then the psychological adjustment to being responsible for another human being um, dad and mom are both feeling that so yeah that was actually one of the last times. I went out in the Sacramento area. That was that was probably my last thing with you, and yeah. that that was a great case. I don't know how that ended up, but it it was, um, yeah. It was they had a lot of activity, but they were uh, just a joy to to work with. They were so, just like willing to do whatever it took.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that was the last year. A lot of us went out and did stuff. You know, that was the last active year for a lot of people before the world turned right. upside down. You know. Um, right, right. Yeah. But we've done. We've done and quite I'm, a seeing, bit. I'm seeing.
1: I'm seeing. Go, go ahead.
0: No, go ahead. We do this all the time. I'm just guys. seeing a lot.
1: I, I'm getting a lot of. Um, so I worked b- remotely over the last year for this kind of work. And even with some of my patients for stress management and, um, you know, working with uh, somatic awareness, being aware of the body and calming things down, you can do this on Zoom. My other, the other part of my practice, it's much better to be face to face with another person, attuned to them. But I did learn to, a lot this year working remotely with folks. Because you know, this evidence, it, uh, or this evidence, this activity is non-local. It's like you can tap into it. It's a possibility. And and that's where that training, the evidential training, that I was so lucky to have a mentor um, that is like a well-known, renowned uh, psychic medium. So she just really helped me a lot to refine that. But, yes, you're right. Um, but I've seen an increase. In people really needing help and support when it comes to just physical, lifestyle wellness, and paranormal activity. both.
0: I think it's because they've been home all this time. I I thought there was going to be a big surge Mm -hmm. for paranormal activity because people were home all the time where before they don't notice it as much because they're not home. You know, they're busy going about their lives, but they're home now. So they're going to notice it more, but we're just starting, you know, now that everything's opening up again, our team's just start. you know, this team's just starting to get calls again to get out. Interesting.
1: I think people were just really hanging on for dear life is is Mm -hmm. my picture. Like they were just doing whatever they could to, even if they were having knocks and bangs in their house, they had to get Mm -hmm. online and go to work every day or school their children or whatever. You know what I mean? They were just, Carrying a heavy load so maybe they didn't out. have time to make a call or they do were you, afraid
0: do you think the tv shows have have created i'm not going to say a, a monster where where clients are concerned but i mean uh, i think that they've created a bit of a i, don't know, I guess stigma you know because everything is negative on, is negative on tv
1: well there's a couple of shows that are not so negative which i really like and I think that they're doing a good job. Um, Amy Bruni and Adam Berry. I think they do a, a real service. I like the way they work. Um, I mean, I like, I actually, I have a lot of respect and, and, and um, admiration for all those teams that are on TV because they paved the way for people to start talking about it. But I do think what it has created is a boogeyman in every closet. That that's all. I mean, whatever. You know, if I have to go out on a call like that or I take a phone call and I do a preliminary intake, um, I get a pretty good reading on what is necessary before Mm -hmm. even going out.
0: See, I like I, I'm not into the shows as much anymore because they uh-huh. I do enough of that stuff, you know. But that's I do right. watch I do watch Paranormal Nine One One. Oh, is that the one where like the firefighters yeah, the and the firefighters like... and the police? Very cool. Because I figure, you know, cool. that's what they do. They're they're there to observe.
1: They're you trained. If so you know, they're going
0: to get yeah. decent stories out of anything. It's going to be that, you know. Um, yeah. I don't. I tend not to watch the programs. I only watch GA because of the equipment.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, they always have fun equipment. Yeah, and you
0: one of the
1: my favorites is um Bill Chapel. I don't see much of him anymore. Oh, but when it comes to oh, the the equipment and his particular objectivity as a researcher, yeah. I like that. Yes. I like I like his objectivity as a researcher. And I think that we need more of that.
0: Exactly. And, and
1: also when I mentioned um a shout out to Amy and Adam, I think that they're really going with their gut. And and they do it in a way that is very respectful. They're checking in with um, a well-known psychic medium. Um, I just like the way they work. And and it's completely in, not completely, but they don't use a whole heck ton of equipment all the time. Mm They're, they're using that kind of detective unraveling methodology that I think is important. It takes some time to get to the answers.
0: Well, you know, going back to the equipment, um, we don't have all that high-techy-techy stuff. I mean, we've got the, uh, <clears throat> the X-Cam, you know, with the little stick yes. people. Yeah. But beyond that, it's all basic equipment. And I know I've gone out on prelims where people were disappointed.
1: because Yeah, they, they I understand all- that. Everybody likes toys, right? And yeah. and we think that we're getting the whole story. We think we're getting confirmation. And it's just one piece. And it is it is helpful. I, I totally agree with that. And I think we've come a long way with what's possible. But even when we're using that equipment, like I think of what originated as the Estes method, and I don't know that it's called that on all the programs anymore. But I've seen people using the, you know, the the noise right. canceling. And then the white noise or the scanning. Um, I think that's a marvelous uh, way to tap into something that goes beyond just technology
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and creates objectivity, this kind of blind response. I think that's super cool. And that's one of the things that I have utilized in investigations.
0: I agree that there's some equipment out there that, is great. I think that X cam, if it's used properly, you know, if, if you, if you work with a medium with it. Yeah. I think it's a great piece of equipment,
1: but you yeah, don't I don't know. totally understand it. I mean, I, I get how it's making the measurements, but I don't always know what the positive or negative or a false positive. And that's so- why
0: Yeah, that's why I I wouldn't write down results for it until I have a medium there. Where let's say you're standing there and you're communicating with somebody and you know where they're at. They're they're sitting in the chair, right? Yeah. And then then we whip out the X cam and sure enough, there's a person sitting there. Or you reach your hand out and it reaches out for you.
1: Exactly. There has to be some – yeah. There has to be some – because – I could be picking up on somebody and, and like a square can show up a, a figure. Right. But like I said, I don't I don't know everything. Uh yeah. But I think using it in that way to back up what's already coming through. Like I wouldn't look at one of those stick figures and say, Oh, I know for sure this is Uncle right. Frank. Right. It would be in you know, collaboration with a bunch of different information that's Kind exactly, of weighed against yeah. one
0: another. Like okay, you got the you know for an example of that guys is like I told you in the last show you got this you got the stick figure <laughs> the toy the X cam and you got digital recorders going. Yeah. And you might have an ITC going. Yeah. You know that you're working on an ITC in the corner. Now at least if you get two out of three collaboration because you could be Stephanie could be talking to the stick figure and then we get a voice back and answer. Yeah. That's what yeah. we're looking for. That's the that's the evidence we're looking for.
1: Yeah. And I can come up with a whole um, probable probable history and communicate with several spirits on or or within the vicinity and kind of narrow it down, narrow it down, narrow it down. But that's just one part of the total picture, Um, because really what I mean, I have gone into places and said, yes, this is the solution that I would um, with nobody else just Mm -hmm. gone into an assessment a reading. And make a recommendation, mm-hmm. but I do enjoy working with the equipment, working with the team. It's so much fun, and we can come up with really hardcore solutions to hardcore
0: yes. challenges that yes. way. Yes, that's the whole point of what we do. I mean, we're we're there to help. We don't charge, you know. And it's it's all the, it's all donation for us, but we're there to help people, and that's what that's what's important to us. That's the that's the main thing to help people and it feels so good when we can get out like a, like that Woodland case I told you guys about last week, if we can get out to a complicated case like that, it might it might have taken me three months to figure it out Right. Yeah. But if I can get out to a complicated case like that and figure out that, that it was poltergeist caused by the this tumor this man had yeah. you feel so good because you've helped yeah. somebody or the woman in the Bay Area, I don't remember if that was you or who that was, she, she had had a change of medication, she had Alzheimer's and they changed her medication yeah, I don't think she it was me. She was seeing things, she was, she was hallucinating.
1: Yeah. And we found out
0: it was a change of medication. Yep. That's the stuff that makes us feel good.
1: Yeah. I mean it's, it's fine Danny, the fine of-
0: Yeah, it's fine in Danny to to hear the voices and maybe maybe get a picture of, of some kind of foggy stuff. But I mean when it comes right down to it, when we can get to the bottom of something and make somebody's life better, that's all that's what it's all about.
1: Yeah. And I like to like I I just want to reiterate, you know, like Uh it's really good to to know what the objectives and biases uh, of like I like to know what my objectives and biases are. And so I always encourage any team that I'm working with, like, what are we doing here? Like, do you believe that already that this place is hopping with haunted activity? Because that's not going to actually help us. No, if we can't stay in the middle. And and we don't need to say that everything is um can be explained away either. But, you know, we do sometimes find things that are part of what is fueling somebody's fear cycle. But they just happen to have a squirrel in the crawl space. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, it does feel good to sort it out and really help people that way.
0: I was telling them about our, our our rat searches. You know, when people have gone in the attic with the with fluorescent lights, looking for the rat poop and stuff. You know, right. climbing yep. through stuff. You'd be surprised. I don't climb because I'm too old now, but you'd be surprised. That's why you get skinny younger members on your team. <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna shove them up through holes and send them off. Yeah, but that's what they—that's what you do. You might even be under in a crawl space under a house looking for stuff, because a lot of times, no noises in the walls—you know, stuff like that. It's—it's rats and mice. Yeah, going through those walls and stuff. I mean, that's what we have to do. We have to, like Stephanie says, we have to meticulously sort it down to where we can find answers. And then when we get to the point where we can't find any more answers, that's when we start looking at other stuff. Yeah.
1: And there are times when a, uh, the spiritual aspects of a case are particularly difficult as well, like um, uh, an entity is bound to some other entities. or um, And again, my input is just a little piece of that because we want to see who comes forward, um, who's on, in charge on the other side, what the dynamic is. And so that's how I think I, I can be most helpful as a psychic medium and um, healer. So I do some energy work in clearing spaces. But a lot of times I'm not doing that all by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, if we can't handle it as a team, then um, I might have to go back with some other, like you said, people that were referring into the into the case.
0: And that was the upon... other thing I mentioned too last week was, you know, people want cleansings done right away. They don't, oh, I don't want an investigation. I, I need a cleansing. The problem with that is we don't know what we're dealing with.
1: Right.
0: We don't know if it's, could it's, be if it's, if, it's, if it's something like, like Stephanie says something with the client or if, if, it is, if it is, if it is, if it is an entity, what kind of entity it is? Because one, you know, one cleansing does not fit all.
1: Yeah. And, and, We want to do it properly. We don't want to do things that I have gone in so many times where people are in kind of a fantastical heightened state around, like they kind of like the paranormal activity Mm -hmm. and um, maybe they've done some of their own investigating. And and I'm not saying it's a no-no 100% because some people are like, don't do that. But it's still... We should proceed with caution mm-hmm. and utilizing everybody's skills to really, you know, like like you wouldn't go into a, a physical physically charged situation just thinking that you could wave your magic wand and suddenly, you know, this potentially volatile situation is going to go away. It takes strategizing and, you know, you could make things worse, jump into a firefight. Mm-hmm start waving something around. Am I right?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, that's something I have trouble with on uh, the initial phone calls with people a lot of the time, because that's what they want. They want us to jump in and start, start cleansing places. And and I, and I have to try and get them to back down and go, look, even if you just let us out for the preliminary, you know, you know, I can, yeah, I can figure out what's going on. That's all we ask. We don't have to come for a full investigation. Yeah. Just let me do, Absolutely. let me do an hour preliminary. We'll see what's, what's going on. Yeah. And
1: then working behind the scenes, like there have been times when um, Char, you've called me and said, what are you thinking about? And we might talk a couple times on the phone and you might have gone out uh, um, doing a preliminary and t- done the intake and maybe done some EVP right on the, and we can kind of figure out some way to give these folks uh, a reprieve or a resolution. Mm-hmm. Cause I respect that. Like some people, that's not their thing. They, they don't want, they don't want to see all the big guns. They don't want no. to see the big toys. No. They just want a reading and a cleansing. And yeah, I respect that, but you're right. We have to be safe about how we go about it.
0: I mean, because if we get out to a place and it turns out it involves native Americans, well, wow, that's a totally different ballgame altogether with doing a cleansing. You just can't cleanse it, you know, a normal cleansing with it.
1: No. No. You, you, you need somebody that has expertise in that area to help make peace. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. When we're dealing with historical trauma of any kind, you know, peace is what we're going for.
0: Have you ever run into anybody that has had um, generational curses or anything like that?
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, I don't, don't, don't quote me, but I think that they're more common than we think. And what I mean by that is we could call something a curse that somebody else might call generational trauma, but Mm -hmm. it may have started with some very, first event and and I don't find that I run into any so much any sorceresses or sorcerers brujas brujos that are powerful and dedicated enough to really lay a hardcore curse what I'm talking about is like an imprint at the moment of trauma mm-hmm. where someone wishes ill or the hate goes on for so long And then there's a dynamic between like one family member, another family member or somebody outside of the family where that carries through. So that's what I mean by, I think they're more common than we think. I think that there's an intersection between human behavior and psychology and the paranormal, the metaphysical. I can think that those intersect very highly. And that's what I see in my practice where somebody's manifested something physically in their body that is part of a trauma pattern, whether it's just a repetitive motion because they're a gardener, right?
0: Right, right, right. They're doing something
1: over and over again. And sometimes even it's thoughts over and over again that can manifest in some kind of an imbalance in the body, whether uh, or behaviors, um, food compulsion, anything. I mean, that's, that's why I go back to like this kind of, standard of trauma-informed care even as a medium not just as somebody who works in the physical realm with people's bodies and their bi- biographical medical histories mm-hmm. but it kind of all yeah for me i have to consider all of the realms mm-hmm.
0: my last question for you too is something i kind of touched on the last time was uh demonic cases people you know people think that they're they're frequent. Um, I haven't, I mean, maybe we've had one in 25 years or two that we've done. Yeah. I mean, how frequent are they? You know what?
1: I think that there are definitely um, negative forces, malevolent forces, Mm -hmm. spiritual forces that are part of our world and attachments that are not good for us for sure. Um, I think that on the the physical plane, we we are sovereign beings, Mm -hmm. so I'm not saying that they're out of the ballpark, but you know, the Hollywood version, yeah, I'm not so sure that, I'm not saying that they don't exist, I just have not dealt with them a lot, but that's not to say that I don't get patients sometimes that have some kind of an attachment that's negative.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And the um, question, oh, go ahead.
1: Yeah, so that's it. I, I But I hesitate at giving um, this kind of intemperate language too much power. I think that that's a powerful force, and I think it exists. But to speak something into being and keep working that angle can can feed more fright into it and I think even before the advent of Christianity, there were demons. There were land-based beings that were here long before. And there are, um, you know, the, the people, I guess, think of um, demons as fallen angels. Mm-hmm. That's 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 part of a, a, a spiritual tradition, a, a story that has weight in the world. It exists, but there are all kinds of entities on many levels. Absolutely. So so I just am careful about language, that's all, when it comes to any kind of attachment. People just flip out when you say attachment. my um,
0: question in the chat room goes back to the other uh, question we had. How do you get rid of g- generational curses?
1: It, it takes some dedication and some work. I would say that when I'm working with someone, we I, I do a full biographical and medical history Um, before the person comes to me though I like to do an opening and a reading write it down and see how much of it is relevant to what they're bringing me because it gives me something to set my sights on it lets me narrow it down to where the issue has begun or if it really has as much power as they think or if it has less power what the resolve is does that make sense makes sense yeah you have to work on it it's it's within every human being's uh, power to do this. And we, none, of us, none of us do it alone, but there are ways to do it for sure. But people need support in that.
0: Absolutely. Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it.
1: So good to be with you, honey.
0: It is good. In fact, like I said, I'll be calling you shortly because I have another case to discuss with you. Okay. But uh Stephanie's been with me pro- very long. She's 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 one of my long timers. Yeah. And uh it's amazing because it's like anything else, we're a family, we fight <laughs> and then you know we have disagreements, but we're still here, right? So yeah. um yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to do this without Stephanie. Oh
1: that's sweet of you, and, Thank and you, honey. Stuff. And thank so, you. Uh,
0: Thank you so much for bringing me out into
1: the field and introducing me to a lot of interesting cases.
0: There you go. All right, I'll give you a call in a few minutes so we can talk about that case. I want to close this thing off. Thank you. Yep. Blessings. Oh, how do people get a hold of you if if, if they want to? I'm I'm forgetting Um, my name. My name.
1: My name is easy to find. Spiritual touch healer Stephanie Page Belson. Easy to find. I have a website. I'm on Facebook.
0: I apologize. I forgot my manners. I got ahead of myself.
1: Okay, You're Stephanie,
0: good. thanks a lot. Okay, take care, honey. Love you. Yeah. Bye. Again. Bye. Okay, guys, that was fun. That, that, that was cool. So I hope you learned a little bit about how my team how my team operates and and how and how we go about things because it's really important when you're out on these investigations to do the best job you you possibly can and that's not only for the clients that's for any teams that might be listening in because it, it it's a lesson it's a lesson because you're you're dealing with people's mental states and and all that when you go out it's it's not just let's go out and find a ghost okay tomorrow night show really big show I have a woman coming on um, who uh, worked with a worked with a medium to channel Thomas Jefferson, and she's written a book about it, and it's called The Metaphysical Thomas Jefferson. And she had asked him questions about current, you know, stuff that's going on currently, and stuff from the past that, that 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 she was able to cross-verify. So she'll be on tomorrow at 6:30 p.m. PDT with me. You see the thing running along the bottom of the page there, and it's PayPal me at California Haunts. That is a PayPal where you can donate a few funds to us to keep these shows on the air and keep and, and keep things going. Uh, like I told, like I said, uh, we are a nonprofit, so everything comes out of pocket, including the internet and this serve and, and the StreamYard service to uh, bring the show to you. So if you could find it in your heart to uh, drop off a uh, donation or two, that would be great. That's a PayPal me at California Haunts. My name is Charlotte. I am the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team. I didn't say that in the beginning because I got ahead of myself. I apologize for the uh, screen going blank. If you guys did see a blank screen there, I think it was probably the thunder, you know, the, the thunderstorm up in the hills with Stephanie that did that. So uh, you, you notice when the thunder stopped it didn't do that anymore or something, and that's what it was. But anyway, I thank you for coming tonight. And uh, tomorrow is another day. And um, it's like I said, tune in tomorrow, and then I have a special surprise for a show that's going to be Wednesday. It was a pre-record that I did, and I think you're going to enjoy it a lot. So thank you so much for coming, and I will see you. Let me get on the right page here. Dun, dun, dun. At least I didn't get in your face. like Usually I've been starting out running people's faces. I will see you tomorrow.